I've tried to lose weight and tried to keep it off, but the issue was I'd go on a diet, I'd stop eating sugar for like a year, I'd lose a hundred pounds, and then I would reward myself after at the end of the diet and I would go back to eating whatever I wanted to, I'd gain the weight back plus more. And so diets actually served only to make me fatter, not to help me lose weight. Hey friends, I'm Ryan Channel, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, encouraging other women to seek and know God and grow a deeper relationship with Him. Welcome to Wellness and the Word, a podcast helping Christian women create ultimate mental and physical wellness through meditating on God's Word to renew our minds, learning how to apply His truth to our lives, and taking care of our bodies the way He intends us to. My love for Jesus and my passion for wellness as a holistic health coach collide in this podcast that shares the gospel. Gospel literally means good news, friends. Don't we need more of that in today's world? I believe we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and I want to point you to the only one who can fill it. Come join me and be encouraged as we chat about God's love and how to take care of you. Hey friend, guess what? I'm working on a new coaching program to help you overwhelmed, stressed out, and burned out mamas become mentally and emotionally well through God's word. Are you tired of waiting on life to slow down so you can start living? Are you tired of searching for more? What if you could start living intentionally right now and stop searching? That's exactly what I'll show you through my unique method for leaning into and applying God's word to your life so you become well through the word. It's the only way for mental and emotional wholeness. If you're ready to commit 40 days to grow deeper in your faith, well through the word is for you. Get on the waitlist now to save $200, but hurry. This is a limited time offer with limited space because I want to keep this coaching experience an intimate one. We start August 23rd, so snag that early bird special when you join the waitlist today at wellnessandtheword.com. Well, hello everyone. It's Ryan. Welcome to Wellness and the Word. Today I have Teresa Shields Parker on the podcast with me. Teresa is a Christian weight loss coach and author who has lost 250 pounds and kept it off since 2013. Today, her goal is with God's help to teach women how to transform their lifestyles, lose weight, and live healthy. Teresa has published six books and two study guides. She also has an incredible free ebook called What is a Stronghold that I've been enjoying, which is an introduction to her book, Sweet Surrender. I will definitely have a link to that free ebook in the show notes as well as her other books. So welcome, Teresa. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited to hear more about your story and especially your weight loss journey. I think that's been huge for you. And I'm just really excited to learn how it started and the role that God played in it. And then obviously it's transformed your life and now you're helping others transform their life. So will you tell us a little bit about your weight loss journey and again, how it started and the role that God played? Sure. Well, you know, I have to go back a ways with with the journey because my journey has been kind of long and it's been in steps and stages. I I won't bore you with all of it, but um, I grew up in a Christian home. I was saved when I was seven. Oddly enough, 
the thing that brought me to Christ was the fact that I stole candy from the grocery store. <laughs> my dad took me back and, and had me confess to the manager. And I realized, hey, I'm a sinner. And, you know, this is the thing the preacher's been yelling about all the time. So I, I better do something about that. So anyway, fast forward and, you know, I'm, I'm married and I'm um, uh, doing my morning devotionals. My husband's already gone to work and, and I had a job, but I hadn't, uh, mine was later in the day that when I went. So I was doing my morning devotionals and um, I had probably gained, you know, I, I gained weight at that time. I, I'd gone over that 200 pound mark, which every woman hates, you know? And so I was reading uh, Matthew 17, 20, which is the scripture that says, if, if you have faith, um, the grain of a mustard seed, you can say this mountain move and it'll move, you know? And um, I'm like, I stopped and I wrote this in my journal. I said, ah, God, I, have a mountain of weight on my body because that time I thought I did and I it needs to be moved and I've got faith I got a little bit of faith so how can it be moved and he said to me stop eating sugar eat more meats fruits and vegetables and stop eating so much bread and I wrote that I wrote my prayer I wrote what he said and I also wrote my response, which was great plan, God. If I did that, I could lose weight, but I can't do that. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't ask him, mm. help, me, help me do this, show me how. I just dismissed it. And probably for the next 30 years at least, I tried to do some semblance of that by going on diets that, that curtailed eating sugar. I knew sugar was, was my issue. I knew mm -hmm. that it was. I had no doubt that it was. Yeah. It's just that um, that's one of the things that had become a stronghold in my life, even at that time. It started way back when I was seven and stole candy from the grocery store. It's been a consistent mm. theme in my life. And so, um, it, Go, going forward, uh, probably, um, let's see, it was about 1999, I think, when I was, um, I had gained up to, I didn't even know how much I weighed, but the, I was having issues with my heart, and the doctor thought I needed open heart surgery, and so he, I was in the hospital, and um, they were taking me down for the angioplasty to see what was really going on in my heart. He thought I had a mitral valve prolapse and so it would need to be replaced, but he was seeing to make sure. And when they took me down, they weighed me on a freight scale and I weighed 430 pounds. Oh, wow. And uh, I didn't know what I weighed. I didn't want to know what I weighed, you know. And anyway, they did the angioplasty the next morning, the doctor comes in and he says, you don't need open heart surgery. Um, you, uh, your heart is too, your heart is too small to support, a, your body is too large to support 
you know, for your heart to support it, basically. Uh, yeah. And he said, so you need, uh, you need to lose weight and keep it off or you'll be dead in five years. Wow. And he turned around and walked out of the room, taking with him all these little entourage of nurses and doctors with him, you know. Mm. And that was really one of one define one of the defining moments in my on my journey, because at that point, I, you know, I'm just I'm like laying there. I'm thinking it would have been better if he could have done an operation and fixed all of this, but now, you know. I've tried to lose weight and tried to keep it off. But the issue was I'd go on a diet. I'd stop eating sugar for like a year. I'd lose a hundred pounds. And then I would reward myself after at the end of the diet and I would go back to eating whatever I wanted to. I'd gain the weight back plus more. And so diets actually served only to make me fatter, not to help me lose weight. Yeah. And so uh, that... uh, that was, I saw the issue and I knew, but I didn't know how to stop eating it. It had, it had a stronghold on me. It had a grip on my life. And I thought I had to have it to be halfway sane or normal. Um, and so, you know, cause it, it dampens your emotions and keeps you kind of here on this even keel level. So you're not too high, you're not too low. You're just, it's a drug, it really is. And so uh, we go forward to, um, uh, well, really in 2009, I was at a seminar. I had lost some weight. I I had been losing weight but I knew I was gaining it back. And so this friend of mine who was a counselor was holding a, um, he was calling it a harmful life pattern seminar for anyone who had any kind of issues, have it changed, any kind of thing like that, that they needed. And so um, I went kind of to, in my mind, I said, I'm going to support my friend who's doing this, right? but when when I got there, I didn't really expect for it to change me in any way. And I get there and he proceeds to tell his story. Now, he at that time was, was at least a 20, maybe a 25 year sober alcoholic. And um, so he was telling his story. Now, I was halfway listening. Alcohol has never been my problem, never. And so I didn't think this was going to relate to me at all. But um, halfway through the story, he says, alcohol is one molecule away from sugar. Alcohol is liquid sugar. That was it. That was my come to Jesus moment. That was the defining moment in my life because I saw my whole life in a glance. I saw every time I had gone on a diet, lost weight by not eating sugar and then gained it back by eating it. I saw what God had told me in 1977. And he had told me that, you know, because God's very consistent, he will keep with it until we get the message. He told me that many times during the years when I'd gotten desperate, he would say that to me again. And so um, at that point in time, I 
I knew, I, I didn't, it was 2009. It was kind of, the internet was a thing, but it wasn't that big of a thing. And so I hadn't researched anything. I hadn't heard anything about sugar addiction, hadn't researched it, nothing like that. But I knew that if you could be a sugar addict, I was one. And so at the end, I asked him, could, can a person be addicted to sugar? And he said to me, I don't know the physical, you know, physicalities of it all, but you can be addicted to anything that controls you. I'm like, that's me. I, I'm a sugar addict. Whether I'm the only one in the world, I don't know, but I, it, I am one. And so, and, and knowing what God had told me, and then um, I, I, that, that evening, as I'm driving home, I decided to, I couldn't go home. I was like crying too hard. So I took like some country roads and I remember stopping somewhere and I just, I just totally surrendered to God. And I said, I don't know how to do this. I don't, I know stopping it cold turkey doesn't work for me. Uh, I need help to do this, but I'm surrendering it to you. I'm, this is my start. This is where I'm beginning with this. And I'm doing what you told me to do a long time ago. I'm tired of struggling with this issue. And that was the beginning of going forward. And, you know, one of the big scriptures that he really uh, helped me with was uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, which in the... Um, NIV, it says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness, right? And then in the Amplified, verse 10 says, when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. And that was what I needed. I couldn't do it in my own strength. I was weak. But sugar, made, sugar is my kryptonite. It makes me weak. And I knew that eventually I had to totally eliminate it from my diet, but I wanted to know how to do it so that it was a lifestyle change and not a diet. And so that, that was really the beginning of, of the whole thing. And then I learned from there how to do habit change and mm -hmm. you know, how to go forward. That is so amazing. I loved hearing your story. And Teresa, when you first said, you know, 30 years prior, you had gotten that message of Matthew 17, 20, and God told you specifically remove these things from your diet. And you just were like, that sounds great, but I can't do it. Thanks God. And that's, isn't that so interesting how we do that? Like God will literally tell us what to turn from and what to do instead. And we just don't even think to say, okay, God, help me because we can't do it on our own, right? We are weak humans. And I love that you brought up second Corinthians 12, nine, because we can't, we can't do these things on our own. And if we ask God for help, he is faithful and he will help us. But it's just so interesting to me that that's not even what we do or what we think of doing, even when we hear a message from God. So it's, it's just, we sit in suffering for 30 years or more and uh, we're just, if we just were more obedient, well, right? <laughs> you know, I thought I'd gotten myself into this mess. So I had to get myself out of it. 
that was really my mindset was, you know, I got to, I'm the one that has to do this. I'm the one that puts my food, the food into my mouth. So I've got to figure this out. But God was like, from the very beginning, I want to help you with this. Yes. Because and it, at the beginning, I, I was like, well, what do I have to quit eating sugar and everybody else can eat it? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I realized he was not trying to be mean to me. He was trying to save me from a lifetime of pain and heartache, yes. which weighed, the weight I weighed was a lifetime of pain and heartache. Right. So, um, yeah. And I, I love that you really connected it with addiction because that's what it is. It's a sugar addiction. It's a, people have food addictions. And that's the thing is when we think of addiction, we usually think of drugs or alcohol, but people are addicted to so many things in today's world, especially. And I think that everyone has something, even if it's a behavior, you can be addicted to that behavior, right? Control, anger. So everyone has something different. And I think what I just wanted to say here is that this is relatable to everyone who is dealing with a stronghold. And maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. What is a stronghold and how can it be broken, Teresa? Yeah, strongholds are really, you know, at one point I thought I have a stronghold of sugar. I don't really have a stronghold of sugar. A substance cannot be a stronghold. Because if you look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, it tells you exactly what this kind of stronghold is. First of all, there are two strongholds. There's the stronghold of God, which is the positive stronghold that we run into and we are safe. Okay, And then there's the stronghold that we uh, get uh, pulled into by the evil one and it's, it, we are pulled in there by his half truths, which are actually lies, but there's always an element of truth to them. Like one of my big strongholds was, I have to have sugar to, uh, to live. I have to have sugar to make it in this world. And part of that, part of it was true. I needed, I felt like I needed sugar to dampen me if I was angry or anything like that. I didn't want to be angry. A Christian's not supposed to be angry, right? Um, but I, you know, I didn't know exactly that that was a stronghold. So anyway, you know, he, he, he led me into that with a, with a half truth that, yeah, I do I sugar does, I feel, I feel like sugar helps me, but sugar was really not helping me. It was hurting me. So it starts as a half truth. It be, begins to be a lie. It becomes a foothold for the enemy. And then it becomes a stronghold and becomes a habit that you just think you have to have to exist. And that's really true. If we read, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, verse 4 says, we demolish arguments and every pre pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. So here's, here's, what, a, here's what we're demolishing that is the stronghold. We're demolishing arguments that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. 
anything that is uh, uh, arguing against God is a stronghold. Anything that says, no, God can't help you with that. Sugar can help you better, right? That's a stronghold. And every pretension, now that's an interesting word. My grandma would say somebody was pretentious if she thought more highly of herself than she ought. <laughs> like if she was wearing pearls to the grocery store in the country town <laughs> that they did, something like that, you know? And so that's a pretension. And what that means is we think we know more than God, right? I think I know better than you, God. Mm -hmm. You said stop eating sugar, but I can't. I have to have that or I'll, I'll just be a raving lunatic, you know, angry all the time. And, <laughs> oh, and you don't want that. yeah, you don't want that, God. Mm. And so, and then, so what we have to do first is recognize what we're doing. What are the arguments we're making against what God is telling us to do? Which actually, if we don't do something God tells us to do, that's a sin. So um, that's number one. And then the things that we think we know better than God. And those are the things that become strongholds in our lives. And they're very hard to identify and recognize because we really kind of think they're just part of us. We've, a lot of times these begin to happen in childhood. With me, it, it started happening in childhood. You can look back at age seven when I was stealing candy from the grocery store. Candy had become a big deal. And so um, the interesting thing is that strongholds can be demolished. They can be torn down. That, that word demolish, I, I don't know the exact Greek word, starts with a K, but I've looked it up and it means to annihilate, to, to obliterate, to uh, break apart. It really means to tear it down. We can, we can break this stronghold. And we do that with the truth. And it really says that in, I think that's verse four, that it says that we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. So that means where, what is the, make it obedient to, to Christ. That means the truth. What is the truth? And we know the truth because Jesus is the truth and he always tells us the truth. So his word is truth, and we know that, and that's where we can find that, uh, what the truth is. And so a stronghold is a lie, and we demolish it with the truth. Mm, wow, that's so good, Teresa. I just love that. And it is interesting how we believe these things, and we kind of can stand really stubbornly and firm in them, right? Like, I need sugar. I have to have sugar. For me, I also thought it was really interesting you said that they usually start in childhood because for me, a stronghold that I've had is anger. And it definitely started in childhood. I used to struggle with anger in childhood and I've kept it as part of my life. And I used to say, this is just who I am. And of course, because God is so good, he's helped me um, break that lie and demolish that lie, tear it down. And I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm always going to be working on it, but Wow, that was just so good. I absolutely love it. And like I said, you can you can think of it in so many different ways, whatever that stronghold is for you that you're using to self self-soothe and you're going to those things and not God, that is a stronghold. 
I love that. I just love everything you said. That was really awesome. So I talk about that in in that my book, Sweet Surrender, Breaking Strongholds. And I've got like, I think there are 14 chapters. I deal with 14 different strongholds that I dealt with and how, you know, how God helped me through that. And um, then I have action steps in the back for people to uh, work through that too. So, oh, that's so awesome. I'm so excited to check that out. That's really, really awesome. I just love how he's spoke to you through this and that you've been able to apply it to your own life and also share it with others. That's such a blessing to this world. So thank you for the work that you do. So how, what happened after you had that moment, you know, in the country, got out of your car and surrendered to God, what happened next in your life? How did you actually apply what God was telling you and start your weight loss journey and keep it off? Because I think that's a really big deal. What was the secret for you to losing the weight and keeping it off? Well, you know, one of one of my books is called Journey to Transformation, and I actually have a course in my coaching group that's centered around that, and it's around the five stages of weight loss, and I really actually dissected my journey and how that, you know, what what happened as I went through it, and the first stage is to, to um, accept that you have an issue. So you can't solve a problem if you don't accept that you have it. So that's number one, accept your issue. And I call that the wishful thinker stage for those on the weight loss journey, because we're hoping there's going to be a magic fix, a magic bullet. We know we've got an issue. We admit we're, you know, we're fat, we have an issue, but we, and we're, we're hoping there's, there's some way to solve it. And we're dreaming So wishful thinker is the stage where we start dreaming and we start having desires. What would it be like if I could, you know, get over the anger or lose the weight, right? What kind of person would I be? And so that that starts. And then the second stage I call willing owner. And that is the stage where we actually identify what our issue is and then we own it. And we, for me, that was identifying I am a sugar addict and then I own it and then I willingly surrender it to God. I think that's the biggest step in the whole process. We have to bring God into the equation. If we don't, we cannot do it. I couldn't at least, I couldn't lose the weight I've lost on my own. It felt impossible. Yeah, I agree. I agree that we need God for sure. And then the next stage I call the uh, watchful learner. And that is where we're learning how to do this, how to change habits. For me, it's not about a diet. I do not teach diets. I think diets are are short-term fixes for a long-term problem. And so I really talk about a forever lifestyle change plan. And I I don't tell people what to do. I lead them to how to learn from God and from their past about what to do. So we've got a whole lot of history. Those of us who need to lose weight have a whole lot of history uh, with diets, right? So we've been on a lot of diets. We've lost weight on some, we've gained gained it back on others. And we can kind of look back and see, well, what worked for me to lose the weight? And why did I gain it back? Maybe the diet was too restrictive. 
maybe, you know, um, maybe there were some other issues, maybe I, it didn't give me enough choices in the foods, uh, you know, all those kinds of things. We need to take those things apart and see, see what, uh, what's going on and work with God for him to show you what to do. So, you know, I have people in my group, for instance, who struggle with, well, I should give up sugar, but I don't want to. And so, you know, that's, that's not, they're not in stage three yet. And they're still back in stage two with, you know, uh, having with the surrender stage are still struggling with the surrender until we get that part down. We're not going to have success. You can go on another diet, but you're going to gain the weight back again. I can guarantee it. Um, and also in that stage is learning habit change, which for me is stopping a bad habit, starting a good one in its place. It's, it's uh, putting it's, it's not like adding something to an already full schedule. It is seeing what works and what doesn't work and how do I change that habit? We can't just say, well, I'm just, I'm gonna stop eating sugar. Okay, I couldn't do that to begin with. I had to start in small steps. I had tried that before and it never worked for me. So I stopped eating candy to begin with. Kind of silly, kind of childish. But it went back to my roots. I stole candy from the grocery store, you know? So I stopped eating candy and then I, um, and I started exercising. So, you know, a certain number, I, I had a specific amount of time that I exercised. So, so you put it in your head, you give yourself very specific things that you're doing. I'm stopping candy. I'm gonna exercise three times a week for 30 minutes a day. This is where I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do. And for me, it was walking in the water in the pool and that's a community pool that's an indoor pool in our neighborhood. So we could uh, have access to it year round. And so that, uh, that was the beginning. And it's that kind of thing, small steps that we do. And then we get that down. And that is, a, we have to realize that's a habit that we're going to do for the rest of our lives. And then we add other things to that and we go go along and it can be anything. It can be, you know, um, it can be praying 15 minutes a day. If you're not doing that, it can be, you know, that can be a start that you do. And I tell people focus on the start and put firm boundaries around the stop. So we're not focusing on the stop because that's focusing on the pink elephant, right? We don't want to do that. We want to focus on what, on the good thing that we're starting. And so then that's stage three and stage four is wholehearted traveler, which is going through your life journey, um, really with all of the experiences that life throws at you, the good and the bad, and learning how to navigate that. You've got, you, you know now what you're supposed to be doing, but what happens when you go through a divorce? What happens when somebody dies? What happens when you get sick? Are you still, gonna stay true to what you're, what you feel like you have, now you understand that you have been called to this and you have to stay true to it. And then um, the fifth stage I call wise overcomer. Now that doesn't mean that we've arrived. Um, that just means that we know when we're going off and we can get back on wherever we need to get back on on that stage. Some people, 
go all the way back down to number one and they have to come back up again, you know? But the overcomer is also the person who can help lead others to uh, through this process as well. So that's, I guess that's my, really my ongoing journey in a, in a nutshell. Oh, that's so cool. I just love those five stages that you shared with us and I can see the value in each of them and, and really how we try to jump ahead, right? But we can't, we have to go through that whole process. And I really loved how you talked about just diets being a short-term fix for a long-term problem, because we really, that, I think that's such a big struggle for us. We just want the, the quick fix. Even like you said, when you had to, they said, Hey, you don't even need surgery. You just need to lose weight. You were like, man, I, I would just rather have the surgery because we want the quick fix. We don't want to do the hard work. But I think it is encouraging when we know that even if we have to do the work, if we really do trust God to help us, it makes our journey so much easier, right? Yeah, it does. You know, on my journey also, I did have weight loss surgery at one point in time, but all that did was make me um, realize how big of a sugar addict I really was because I negated it and I started and I gained the weight back again. So. And I had to start again. I had to start over. So I had to realize this, this is really a spiritual issue that I've got, you know? Wow. Uh, I wasn't joking about it years ago. This is a spiritual issue. So, and, and the quick fix still didn't even help, right? You still had to go back and do the actual heart work, the spiritual work and let God in. In uh, 2020, I think it was, I was on a quit sugar um summit and one of the guys on there his name was rob dr rob sideways and he's a bariatric surgeon and a food addiction specialist and he said that 85 percent of people who have weight loss surgery gain it all back if they have not gone through food addiction recovery first wow wow that is an incredible number yeah, I had never heard anybody give the actual statistics before because most of the time they won't they won't tell you the truth about it, you know. They just yeah. out it as a fix and it's not a fix. It's no, you got to get to the root, right? We have to dig up the root with God. Wow. That is yeah. so and part of those part of those roots are the strongholds that are there. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So I have a question. Is overeating a sin, Teresa? That's interesting. Um, it's a sin if God tells you that you better stop. Mm, wow. So um, I think it is a sin because it is a carnal desire and it is a, it is a sin of the flesh. If we are, um, uh, you know, we're not taking care of our temple like God tells us to. Yeah. First Corinthians six nineteen through twenty, I think, yes. where He tells us that we need to honor Him with our bodies, and if we don't do that, if we're putting, it's also when we're overeating, and if God is is talking to us about it, we're putting that above Him, and so that then has become, you know, that's what we're putting on the throne instead of him. Mm-hmm. So anything that, that goes on the throne instead of God is definitely a sin. So it, it's, it, you know, it's not like a blanket statement. Maybe for some people it's not, I, I don't know. 
I, but I can see that for most people that it, it likely would be. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're right, if you're turning to that, if that's your comfort instead of the God of all comfort, then that, that would be a sin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The Holy Spirit should be our comforter, but you know, we see food as a lot more tangible than the Holy Spirit. And actually, it's interesting because there's a book, it's an old book, it's called Potatoes Not Prozac. I don't agree with everything that it says, but she was a, she is an alcohol abuse counselor. And then she started noticing how when people got off of alcohol, they started eating sugar and then, then they started gaining weight. And so she knew there was a correlation. So she started studying that. And what she learned is that we are all metabolically broken. Those with sugar addiction, alcohol addiction, and uh, certain drugs, drug addictions like cocaine um, were metabolically broken. We have low serotonin, low beta endorphins, and unstable blood sugar. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to even out the blood sugar. You know, we, we feel like, oh, you know, I need this. Uh, I, I'm too up here, you know, I'm too manic or whatever. I need to be brought down and we'll, we'll eat sugar or I'm too depressed. I need, you know, we eat sugar and then it levels us out. Well, the problem is that sugar also spikes, uh, spikes our, our blood sugar. And then we need more after that. And so we're in an endless cycle then. Same thing, it's, a, it's the same addictive cycle with alcohol and drugs, it's exactly the same. And it's all a part. And she, she says that if you, you can look back in your family line and you can see if there's obesity in your family line, if there's alcoholism in your family line, if there's drug addiction, that you could be, you could likely be metabolically broken and have this same kind of thing. The other thing that sugar does for us is it makes us happy, okay? And that's what, so low serotonin and low beta endorphins means we need a jolt of happiness, okay? And so that's why we eat the sugar. And, but we can do other things to make us happy. Exercise can also do that same thing. So can prayer, so can meditation, so can, you know, um, being involved in a real, in a good hobby, like, you know, that kind of hobby that you just get lost in. Um, it, it can take your attention away, spending time with friends, spending time with pets, being outdoors. There are many things that can elevate our serotonin and our beta endorphins. We, but we go to the quick fix yeah, and that's the issue. Mm -hmm. I love those examples that you gave and sometimes they require a little more work, right? But in the long run, we will be happier. We will be more whole. And that's the goal is to really go after the things that are going to make us healthier and happier and closer to God. So loved that. Yeah. Well, I have loved chatting with you today, Teresa, and I would love if you would share with the listeners where they can connect with you. Sure. Um, I'm at TeresaShieldsParker.com and um, I'm on uh, Facebook at Teresa Shields Parker. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest at Tree, T-R-E-E Parker. And I'm on YouTube at Teresa Shields Parker One. So I'm like everywhere. And then my podcast is Sweet Grace for Your Journey. 
Awesome. I will put links to all of those, including Teresa's awesome books. And I'm just super grateful for this episode today. I hope that it blesses many. So thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Lana Send the Word. May you be blessed and always be a blessing. Bye. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wellness and the Word. I hope that you enjoyed it. I absolutely loved learning more about Teresa's story and about strongholds. It's so powerful and also it fits so wonderfully into our theme of the week when we're talking about obedience, being obedient to God when he talks to us. So I just pray that this blessed you. Don't forget to head over to Teresa's website. I have a link in the show notes where you can grab that free ebook about what is a stronghold and also Teresa has some other amazing free resources on her website for you. 